This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back to this AMI Audio Live presentation from the Science Center in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And why are we here today on our set? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's the 2018 CNIB National Braille Conference. It's a happening place to be. Uh, this is day one of the conference. They're doing a couple of days, and there's a lots of presenters, people here. There are, of course, exhibitors in the exhibit hall. And where are you? You're supposed to be here, folks. I'm Kelly McDowell, <laughs> host of Kelly & Company, Romeo Muthan, my co-host. And uh, it's a great, uh, great pleasure for us to be kicking it here. Uh, somebody very familiar to the AMI family, Betty Nobel. We bring her on our set, too. Betty, how the heck are you? You were on the show a couple of months ago with us. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks, Kelly. It's a fun place to be right now. Lots of action happening around here. Lots of people, lots of dogs, lots of exhibits, workshops. Wow, it's amazing. Now, you're a retired vision teacher. You're also doing a a very interesting presentation uh, called Navigating the Post-Secondary School System Using Technology, Braille Technology. And this is really I mean, I've known you for a number of years, obviously, as I say, a part of the AMI family, and we can get into that in a bit. Um, but the levels of teaching, the things that you've done out west, out, out, out back home, um, fill us in so the audience knows. Well, I've had a bit of a crazy career. I started off wanting to teach French, and I taught French for a while for a continuing education. And then... Um, Someone phoned me, and and I was looking for a job, and then they said, well, if you can put round blocks into round holes and square blocks into square (laughs) holes, you can work at a photographic studio. So I did that, and I met my husband of almost 44 years there, so that was kind of a good thing. Wow, and funny, photographing in a blind world. (laughs) Yeah, how about that? eh? Actually, I put the films together in the dark room, and then he'd come and get them. That was appropriate, you in the dark room, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> we, we won't uh, talk about those stories, but <laughs> anyway, then after that, I, they I always say, don't open the door. <laughs> I went back and got some education, more education. And um, I ended up, uh, as I said, teaching French. And then I was still looking for more full time work. And I got a call from VCC and they said, we've got a program for the deaf and we've got a couple of deaf blind students. Would you come and teach them? And I went, I went, what? I don't know anything about deaf blindness. And they said, that's OK. You can learn. So that's what I did, and it kind of morphed into a 30-year career. We started a program for the visually impaired, and I taught adults mainly computer skills and Braille and a bit of English thrown in now and then. So then I retired in 2014 and um, thought that was it, but got talked into going to work as a vision teacher with kids from 2015 to the end of 2017. And then I thought, okay, now I'm really retired Except that I'm not because I'm going back to work again wow. uh, when I get back from the Braille Conference in the Burnaby School District. So I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to it. They've got seven Braille-using kids there, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And they were very desperate for a teacher, so I thought, well... Let's just go for it. Why not? Well, so was, what we're learning is that you don't want to be retired. No. Um, it, it, maybe that's yeah. the case, yeah. What kills, what kills me with you is back in the day when they say, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, you'll learn on the fly. They bring you in, 
you do learn. Nowadays, we like to say, well, you know, they're looking for someone with that background. You know, you'll put your resumes in. See, we're all going to school for that. And here you are. Betty, there's nobody to teach you. Get in here. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's amazing (laughs) how you go through that whole, in your world, that circle of of that kind of luck. Well, and it's all about Braille, isn't it? It is. You know, these are... uh, Adults who use Braille and who needed to learn Braille were at the college and other technology and now kids that need to learn Braille. And, yeah, it's all about literacy. And and I'm really into that and into lifelong learning. And I guess you just never stop learning, right? So what kind of things will you be covering at your uh, presentation, which is called Navigating the Post-Secondary System Using Braille Technology? Well, actually, I already did it, so I'm really glad because it's over now. (laughs) Um, The first thing we covered was about how technology doesn't always work because I couldn't do my PowerPoint because I didn't have the right adapter. But um, that really wasn't part of the presentation. I talked about all of the challenges in the post-secondary system and how important it is to evaluate what kind of technology you need and get as many tools as you can to be successful in the post-secondary system and I was kind of going through a list of stuff that students have to do, and it, it, it kind of blew my mind, like all the things you have to do to get ready for post-secondary education when oh, I was yeah. looking at this list. It's amazing. Yeah. Compared to what other people have to do, they just walk into the classroom. we got to look for our, our textbooks in advance. we got to make sure we can You almost out. have to teach the course and know everything ahead of time <laughs> yes. and walk in there to tell the professor, this is what you're going to do for me. Exactly right. Yes, that's about yeah. it. It's scary because we always talk about you're in high school, you've got all your supports, you go into college or university, you're on your own. And let alone, gosh forbid, you be a disabled person uh, you know, on your own. You have so much work to do the couple of years before you go in. So it means you've got to kind of know what you want to do even earlier. Than everybody. I, I went to school with so many people that said, I said, what are you doing here in broadcast radio? I don't know what else to take. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's unbelievable. Someone suggested I should do this, right? So yeah, I thought, well, why not? It. Somebody said, be good at this. And then, of course, the profs tear them apart in the first couple of months. But um, <laughs> one of the things that we talked earlier on the show is kind of that discussion always, and I think will be a theme always, uh, the focus that CNIB puts in having this Braille conference. Now we're able to look at a lot of technologies, a lot of things that are bringing Braille quite a resurgence. Was there a point, Betty, Five, six years ago, someone would come to you and say, do you think Braille's dying? What would you have said? I would have said, when print dies, Braille will die. Wow, good answer. Good <laughs> and it answer. hasn't yet. Was there a decline in your mind? Was there, were you discussed that? How come nobody, because, I mean, we ran into, you know, I, I went to W.R.S. McDonald School. My teachers could read the Braille. Yeah, there was totally a decline. Um, I, and I don't really know why it happened. I mean, maybe suddenly there were fewer people getting eye diseases and stuff, and there maybe weren't as many blind people or people figured, or... you know, oh, Braille books are so big. Yeah. Who wants to use them? And, of course, now we've got technology. So all that excuse is kind of gone now. And Braille is, is for me, it's about lis- literacy because when you listen to something or write something down, you retain it. If you just... If, if, you, if you read Braille and, and you uh, write Braille, then it kind of stays in your head. If you just listen to it, it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. At least for me, yeah. that's how yeah. it, oh, no, that's it Well, we talk about that. And, Ramya, I'm going to ask you on this because the technology allowed, it was almost like the worst enemy at first for Braille because so many of us were allowed to be able to do, let's listen. I can hear this now. A screen reader, a human voice is going to read to me. Now you've got technology helping Braille back out. Exactly. That's right. You know? <laughs> what comes around goes around, hey? Is 
kind of weird cycle, but that's how yeah. it works. And it took that time, right, Ramya? Well, I mean, this is what we were saying earlier, that uh, basically technology has was kind of the reason why Braille was going downhill and people were scared that Braille wasn't uh, being pushed enough. And then at the same time, technology is what picked Braille back up and said, oh, you know what, we can integrate you guys back into it and, and give uh, Braille users that chance back into it. And then Braille users took, a, of course, 100% advantage, right? And mm -hmm. that's uh, what you were saying, Betty, about retaining. That's 100% true for, for anybody. I think writing and... Um, you know, being able to, to feel or visually see things, you retain better than just listening in ear and out the other. Uh, I, I think that's it. I got to tell you a quick funny story. I was on the bus, and um, if I am listening to a book, I get right into the story, and I often miss my stop. If I use my Braille display, I listen to the stops, and I still listen to the yeah. story, but I actually get off at the right stop. Wow. <laughs> wow, it's an interesting focus thing, and I've, I've always said, Braille helps you with that, that reading it, feeling it, your spelling. It's that multitasking. You're either a terrible speller if you're blind or low vision or a tremendous one. Mm -hmm. There's that middle because of, I think, the element of how much are you, you listen to audio books, you listen to a screen reader, or how much are you reading it. Well, because when you're listening to a screen reader, you never know what the actual form of no, the word is, right? That's it. You just uh, Not take unless the you word. check. Yeah, yeah, you don't exactly. see it in front of you. Exactly. Whereas uh, with visually reading and with Braille, you, you have the spelling there. That's part of the process of reading it. So. Betty, right. briefly, I want to touch on your connection with AMI. Oh, uh, well, I'm on the board of AMI, and it's something that I've been involved with the organization actually since 2002, before it was AMI, and uh, I love it. It's a great organization to be part of. Uh, I love being part of the decision-making and seeing all the moving forward and the progress, and I absolutely love the app and the fact that uh, people who are consumers of the service are on the board and, and have input into what's happening. It's just a wonderful thing to be able to do. It's something I really enjoy. Betty, with the um, technology, and going back to some of the big, big entities that have uh, taken Braille on, um, we all know about Apple and their integration of Braille into their uh, products, into their software, into, you know, Braille device uh, partnerships and things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on some of the other competitors? Well, Android really hasn't caught up yet. It, it's Braille support isn't as good as it needs to be. Braille support from Windows has always been there, and it's pretty good. And I think Braille support for the Mac is pretty good, too. And Android, the support is there, but it's not quite up to par just yet. But I'm sure it'll get there. Betty, I want you to say something to the people out there who feel whether they're losing their vision later in life or just too old to learn this new stuff. You're a person that's been doing it for a number of years teaching. But when this new technology came in, you were in that same position of, hey, I've got to embrace. And what, what would you say to that person to get them to do so or encourage it? Well, Braille takes a lot of practice and it takes commitment. And um, it's so important for things like labels so that you don't eat blueberries instead of peas in, yeah. in your freezer and stuff like that. It's helpful to label, you know, other stuff in your house. Regardless of whether you want to read books or just label stuff, it's not that difficult to learn. And it is very satisfying when you can actually read that label or finish that page of a book. So hang in there, stick with it. Consider doing it because it's 
very much a worthwhile skill to have. Betty, thank you so much for giving us some time today, chatting a little bit, and uh, really nice to see you and uh, have fun out here. I Thanks know you enjoy so much. it. Yeah, yeah, well, I sure am. I'm already having a lot of fun, so that's going to continue. Thanks so much, Kelly. It's okay. been really great to be on your show. Betty Nobel, she joins us. She is on the AMI board. She's presenting out here at the conference and giving us a bit of time, of course, right here as part of our Thursday roundtable. We're going to take a break and be back momentarily. Uh, we are getting our day kind of completed up here. Got lots more, though, for you before we do, right here from the 2018 CNIB National Braille Conference. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Shaun of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.